ಓಂ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಗುರುದೇವಾಯ ದೇವ್ಯ ಮತ್ರಿಕ್ಷ ಮಂಗಳ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಭಕ್ತ ಬೃಂದೇವ್ಯೋ ಸರ್ವಲೋಕಾಯ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಓಂ ಸ್ಥಾಪಕಾಯ ಧರ್ಮಸ್ವರ್ವಧರ್ಮಸ್ವರೂಪಿಣೇ ಅವತಾರವರಿಷ್ಠಾಯ ರಾಮಕೃಷ್ಣಾಯ ತೇ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಸದಾಶಿವಸಮಾರಂಭಂ ಶಂಕರಚಾರಮಜಮಶ್ಮರಚಾರ ಪ್ರಯಂತಂ ವಂದೇ ಗುರುಂ ಪರಂಪರಂ ಓಂ ಗುರು ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಗುರು ವಿಷ್ಣು ಗುರುದೇವ ಮಹೇಶ್ವರ ಗುರುದೇವ ಪರಂ ಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮಣ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುವೇ ನಮಃ ಶ್ರೀ ಗಣೇಶ ಶಾರಣ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಹರಿಂ ತತ್ಸತ್ So we'll continue in our discussion on the Kali Sastranama, the thousand names of Kali, which is, I think has been, for me been a very enjoyable meditation because every, every verse, every name, every cluster of names is a whole other topic uh, uh, we can discuss. Every aspect of Ma, every corner of Ma's uh, nature being revealed. Last week, we, last, we have a talk last week? I think so. Last week, we did verse 30 of the Sastranama. and shrutasvati saraswati mattangi vijaya jaya nad nadi sindhu sarvamayi thara sunya nivashini and i think last week we started with the week before we did matangi saraswati matangi which is so fascinating then we did last week vijaya primarily vijaya and jaya and of course we talked that these are classically the gatekeepers of lord vishnu's kingdom we told some other stories as revealed in the in the puranas but this is but but then we showed that actually this these two names are not actually jaya and vijaya in the normal sense to jaya and vijaya these are devi's attendants um and we talked about there's not so many forms that have have them in popular iconography but but um 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 chinamasa still has and so there the attendants doorkeepers or attendants in this sense and in the cluster names we try to show that that we're justified to interpret this cluster names by the by the names that they're associated with that this is also referring or maybe referring to Ida and Pingala and then the following names actually Nadi uh, Sindhu rivers streams and ocean the stream and ocean could then refer to Jaya and Vijaya Ida and Pingala and the Shushumna be the Nadi Sindhu uh, we talked about that and the Sunya she who dwells in the void beyond mind and thought like that but we gave so that interpretation you know the next verses then in the next verse the next uh, cluster of names one of the names is what we're come to is it actually stands out a little strangely in this in this group lakini and lakini is a form of the goddess that exists within um one of the chakras we'll get there so actually and then and then in the next two three verses other goddesses that exist in the different chakras will be mentioned right so once again this interpretation of jayam vijaya idam pingala nadi sindhu not being general rivers and general oceans but to be the shashumna is again reinforced by these names literally saying she who dwells in muladhara she who dwells in swadhisthana she who dwells in anahata you know uh, um, which will uh, be described so this first name i think everybody has or most people have if not you are you nishit she she here have this one in the back yeah i only printed 10 you can send them in the back if you want mm-hmm. <clears throat> i'll chant this first shuddha tarang tarangini medha lakini bahurupini stula shukshma shukshma tara 
Bhagavat ya anurag anuragini. Right. So the first name is Shuddha, and so we've we've again we're we've mentioned again and again because every week we apply we we come to these names. Some names are describing literally just names of like classical names of Kali. Uh, some of them are describing her iconography. Classical symptoms of symbols of Kali, like she who holds the sword, she who has a garland of heads, things like she who dwells in the cremation ground. Some of the names are are are, are different goddesses, like Saraswati and Ganga, and 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 also other classes of deities, like Apsaras and 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 Nagas, and all these type of things. And so, also showing that 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 all the different goddesses are part of the Mahadevi, the, the great goddess, which is one of the themes of the Kali Sasranama. That there is one great goddess, even the, the the names and qualities and personalities of the other goddesses are actually her forms. That's one thing. Um, like for instance, this Lakini I mentioned is one of her. It's her. She's she exists in Muladhara. She exists in Swadhisthana, like that. And so here, Shuddha and and some and some of these names are just divine qualities. Like Shuddha means what? Sure. Purity. So she's purity. So you can say, oh, she's purity. You can say, oh, she's pure. We've also mentioned this as like when they're describing Ma, she's pure, but in in, in a more a slightly more non-dualistic, she's purity itself, right? When we attribute the quality to a person containing the quality, then we say she's she's pure, or but she's actually purity. Not only oh she's the most pure, sarva something. She's the most of all pure beings. She's the most pure. We can say it like that. She's definitely the purest of all beings, but. She's purity in all beings. She's purity everywhere it's found. So that's a simple meaning of Shuddha, right? She's purity. But Shuddha comes right after Sunya Nivasini, she who dwells in the void, right? And right after Sarvamai, she who is everywhere, right? And, she, and then the previous name, she who is the stream or, uh, or, uh, or uh, vein uh, that, and the ocean, right? And we interpret again this... this uh, this um, uh, Kundalini symbolism, where the Shumna coming to the Sahasrasada, the oceanic consciousness, the oceanic uh, expansion of consciousness, right? But that expansion of consciousness, just not, it's not really big, it's Shunya. It, it's, it's so big that it transcends the, the time, space, causation, and distinction. So it becomes the same as being empty or nothing and void like that. So, so it becomes, because Shuddha comes right after that, it may be, and I think, it's, I think it's fair to assume this in this cluster of names, it's referring again to the nature of the, of the pure consciousness that's at, that is, uh, at the, that's experienced at Sahasrasada, at the thousand petal, at the, at the culmination of the yogic ascent, Kundalini ascent. She is, because she is in the pit of Kundalini, she's Shakti, but she's also Shakti fully liberated, fully uh, in her purest form, you could say. So by saying Shuddha, pure, everything, it's describing, it's describing the infinite consciousness at, experienced by yogis or described by yogis when using Kundalini symbolism as the, uh, as the infinite consciousness or non-consciousness as a void or the all. It's interesting, that one name, Sarvamai, she was everything. And then Sunya Nuashin, she was nothing. Right, they both can be described. She, that experience can be described as, as anything. So I mean, I'm remembering just now on Sri Ramakrishna's uh, deathbed, um, Swami Vivekananda, the young Naren, at that time he came back from Bodhgaya and he was extremely inspired by Buddhism, as we know he loved the Buddha. And so because he came back from Bodhgaya, people began to discuss 
Buddhism, you know, we know Sri Ramakrishna practiced all the different religions. There's no evidence of him practicing Buddhism. He made a few comments because Buddhism was no longer an extent religion. There was like 1% Buddhists in, in India, you know. Uh, before the Tibetans came, uh, the, the Tibetan diaspora uh, came into, into India, is less than 1%. Although at one time it was like 70%, you know. And, and, Calc- and Bengal was, ex- was almost entirely Buddhist at one time. It was extremely... Uh, the, uh, but by the time Sri Ramakrishna is only... It's, it's no longer... So he, he, it's not that he practiced Buddhism, that, that uh, he practices religions as what we know that were available to him or that were exposed to him. But in this case, some, they began an argument. Oh, some say Buddha is an atheist. Or he... And you saw, oh, that, oh there's, uh, we're theists and he's an atheist, something like that, the Hindu compared. And of course, that's a, perhaps an oversimplification of... It, a, a, a more philosophically uh, um, um, controversial and challenging statement is not that oh Buddha, Buddhism is non-theistic or atheist and, and we're theists or hyper-theists or polytheists or whatever, whatever Hinduism is. It's really a, a better, uh, I think the background, what they're really discussing in that wording of it in co- casual conversation is self and not self, is or isn't. Right? Is there an existing, continuing self, or is there, is there not? That's really the argument. And so Sri Ramakrishna, rather than going into rather are they atheists or not, or what are they, do they cons- what's, whether or not they're right on their view of the Atman doctrine or Anantma doctrine, right? he said, oh, no, when, this, when Brahman is experienced, I'm, uh, I have to get this right, um, it can be described as Ashti and Nashti, or Nashti. Mm-hmm. Ashti means is, exists, or nashti isn't right so these are two ways of experience way of maybe two ways of experiencing it or two ways of describing the same experience that we can only we have to be careful because you know this is beyond our uh, uh, the ability to discuss but also beyond our experience to discuss right we're only taking from what uh, but he made the statement that it, that that it's the same that they can be the same experience or that the culminating experience can be then turned around and described in two very different ways. Even in the previous verse, two names, Sarva Mai, she was everything and everywhere. Right? She, another one said, actually, she exists in nothing, in emptiness, in voidness. Maybe the same thing. So here, Shuddha, I believe, is described another quality of that ultimate experience, the purest, pristine um, experience of, 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 uh, that can be described as void or as all. Right, Swami Chaitananda, in a very um, uh, conversational way, he, he he made a statement that that you know if you go out if you go out in the boat in the ocean, and you look up and go ah, the you know the the infinite sky, or you look down and look ah the infinite ocean. So one saying it's everything, other saying it's empty. One saying it's full, you know, it's full and empty may not be that different. Of course, we I mean we can get we can double down and make an argument. The problem is that you, you, push the, you push the other person's argument far enough. Each argument really, I think, expertly collapses the other person. They're, they're both equally, at the higher level, subtle levels, they both, um, they both win. So I, I, wouldn't, I don't like to argue too much self-not-self doctrine because there's really not that. They can be, dare to say that um, uh, one doesn't win easily. Right, maybe maybe because because the experience could be described both ways. These are legitimate experiences, and and um, perhaps this is what Tashakur, uh, Sri Ramakrishna described it. Shuddha, so she who is purity, or or she who is pure, she who is purity, or she or, or that purity is that quality of that consciousness described at that at that uh, that peak experience. Now, 
because we're using this example, the, I mean, the, this map, uh, uh, the other day, yesterday, or today, this morning, or yesterday morning, or morning coffee, our coffee talks, uh, um, uh, or, or some people are going to call them frothy, frothy talk, when you start to, we, we get caffeinated in the morning, start, start <laughs> philosophizing and, and the, theologizing, you know, to practice to get, get our mind a little sharp. But we're, but we're thinking, like, like, also, this interpretation, I have to justify my hermeneutical stance and interpreting, because that's just a list of names. This may not mean at all, it's just their names, you know. Uh, and I'm not writing, a, I'm, and there's no existing commentary in English that I know of, of the Kali Sasanama, right? So we can look at what other people have said. But I know enough of the, te- the text, the very first day we gave, the, the very first talk years ago, I think five, six years ago on the Kali Sasanama, uh, we, we, we mentioned the source of the text has within it folded the three main schools of Tantra, right? It has the Dakshina Marg, the Vama Marg, and, and, the, and, the, and the Kaula Marg. Right, and it 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 um, assumes you have to have knowledge of all three to make sense of the names, right? And part, of, especially the Kalamog part of it, is fully proficient and already using the symbolism or the language of the chakras and the nadis, and it's it's going to use that language. They they use that language a lot. Um, so the fact that we, that we can read into it, maybe this name has nothing to do. With the original author didn't didn't mean this at all. But whoever the, I mean, we have a traditional author. This is, uh, they originally came from Dattatreya through Parshuram. You know, there's a whole, forget exactly, after all this uh, uh, year, 10 years of talking on this text, I forget who wrote it, <laughs> who the original author is. I have to go back to the Purana where it comes from um, to remember. But it's very likely that whoever the mythological or ancient or mystical or divine authorship author or a more earthy scribe who put the text together, whoever it was, put had knowledge. I believe that 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 they they, they that they purposely did this because of the way the names are put together, uh, and we know that they that they had this background, this school, particular school of tantra, and um, yogic practices is is throughout the text. Some places it's really obvious, like in the next three four verses, it's going to be really obvious. It's going to be he who's hakini, he who's dakini, he who's shakini, all the different deities in the chakra. It's immediately assuming already a very developed chakra knowledge, right? Uh, interesting. If we get a little bit controversial, is that that means the text is not really that old, <laughs> because uh, the, the, the chakra knowledge as we think of it now is not that old. There's ev- there's evidence even in ancient texts already the ideas were there, but to develop when you have like a certain a certain deity who has a certain mount and a certain attendant deities, uh, that's already, th- those come fairly, those develop uh, a little bit late and uh, uh, more controversially. But, but, uh, but anyway, I'm not going to use that to, to date. Or Also, if this text was written yesterday, I think it's still supreme. A- ancientness is not the proof of authenticity. The tantras don't claim to be ancient. The tantras claim to be contemporary. They came the last couple hundred years, some of them. Right, the last thousand years, last five hundred years. There, there are texts for there are new revelation in this age of Kali Yuga, so that's the thing. The Vedas claim to be eternal, really old. The Puranas means old and long, right? They're old histories, right? They're, they're, if they're not that old, they lose their authenticity if you, if they get dated too early, right? But but the tantras, the tantras are by not being old, by by Vedic standards, is not does not weaken them. They they're claimed to be fairly recent text for this age, a new revelation of Kali Yuga. So anyway, this is a different issue. Shuddha. Oh, that's what I was saying. So using this, already using this uh, um, idea of the chakras, 
and and uh, in in relating to Kali and the the different three different marks that in, that go to interpret this text, go to inform this text. Shuddha also the tantric background of the yogic idea of the chakras. Um, that that um, part of the idea is that that the entire world of name and form springs from the one. Right? There's one, we've talked about this many times, but I need to establish it to, to keep the names going. If you can imagine, if you, can't, you literally can't imagine, but let's imagine uh, there's this, the static ground, unchanging existence of, of consciousness. But that consciousness requires something to be conscious of in order to be called consciousness, right? So we've mentioned many times the one becomes automatically two because consciousness has something to be conscious. So that's Prakash and Vimarsha, awareness and that which it reflects upon but there's nothing else but itself so it takes both forms and then two becomes automatically three that means consciousness the thing that it reflects upon and then the act of reflection so then you have the bindu the split seed of shiva shakti right another great symbol the seed the, the, the drop is the one thing the seed which is two and then you have the triangle already you have the three and then those triangles go to expand so that's one so in a certain sense and uh, way we've one of the ways that this can be interpreted, and this is the way we've we've um, approached this particular time going through the text. Even Ma represents this. Shiva is that infinite consciousness, right? That one becomes, in order to express and to know itself, becomes two Shiva and Shakti, right? The two then becomes many, become three, and they become three, the, the, uh, symbolized by the letter Om. Then the different letters of the alphabet that are represented by her her um, Mundamala, her garland of, skull, of heads. And then that becomes the entire world of multiplicity, the world of duality, the polarity and everything in between, every, every nature of expression. So still you have the shuddha. So from the, the pure shuddha, the pure, uh, uh, actually, uh, in Tantra it says shuddha sattva. It's not sattva. Sattva is material quality. Shuddha sattva is the quality of Brahman. Right? Thakur used that language also. Sattva is, is one of the three gunas. That's already in material material uh, it's a peaceful pure clean um, at rest uh, those the nourishing gentle uh, quality compared to other quality but it's still a material quality would, would uh, spatika like physical reality like all of spatika yep. spatika is a perfect actually in, the, in, in some previous verses sattvic? yeah spatika is sattvic sattvic but it's a symbol of the shuddha sattva that which is beyond, it's so transparent that the pure, the, the original light shines through. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, through a crystal, it's no longer pure. It's even through a crystal. We see through, what is it, that line we see through a light? A glass. A glass, darkly, St. Paul writes. <laughs> it's a great, one of my great line. We see, we see the light, but through a glass, darkly. Right? So some, some glasses are not as dark. Right? So crystal is a very pure thing. So, and we, in our talks on Saraswati in the previous weeks, we, we, we shared like that. But still, when, when you're looking at, 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 through a crystal, right, what are you seeing? It's, it's a, a crystal is in the symbol of the, of the pure. It's, it's the symbol of, like, it's, as if it's the closest you can be to not being there. Clear glass. It's still there, though. But so Shuddha Sattva is, that, is the, the, the pure of the pure, Thakur would sometimes in his language, the, pure, the purest of the pure. Purity, it's or pure purity itself, right? So from that purity itself, there seems to be some. If that's pure, then what's something like what's pure? Okay, this is no, this is not pure water. It's very tasty tea with about fifty different things in it. But imagine this was pure water, right? What makes if this is dirty water? What is it? That means that there's water plus something. 
right? That the, the water itself is pure, but then dirty water is actually pure water with stuff in it, right? So the problem in 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 when she's sarva mai and she's everything, the one when it be, when there's one thing is pure, and there's a second thing, we could say is that impure? It's not exactly impure. It's only it's, it's like it's almost like a, a, another example Sri Ramakrishna gave is like water that's frozen. You know, you have a piece of ice floating in water. Both it's like well now there's something in it. It's not clean, but it's only water. It's still only water, right? So the, even the sense of duality within the one, within the pure, it's not impure. But in the language of that language, it is now an impurity. There's something in the one, and that keeps going, right? Uh, expanding through ripples and through interactions, and and pretty soon you have a a a masala chai with fifty different things <laughs> in it that I'm going to sip to get my enough energy to keep going. I started at a high pitch. I don't know if I can keep this up, you know. I usually warm up more. <clears throat> when you start talking at, like, should have, <laughs> the one becoming two, becoming three, you know, we're, we're starting, starting at, at 11, you know. Uh, so, the, the, uh, it, so another way that Tantra often uses it, describes it, and Shakti uses it, is that within the one pure existence, as if, or maybe actually, there seems to be a vibration, some movement, some, and, and Tantra is a spanda, a pulse, right, a bija, right, that's the dot, the yantra, that's the dot over the om, from that, seemingly it becomes, man, it becomes externalized and manifest, from the, from, from the infinitely subtle, to the subtle, to grosser and grosser and grosser and grosser forms, until we end up with this glorious and messy world of name, form, and objects and the full thing, right? So, so, so in one sense, this in that uh, um, description, right? This world is impure, but not because it's not impure. I'm not saying that there's an impure world, right? But using this language is a shuddha sattva, and now this is with full gunas. Now we have material qualities and manifestations like that. In that sense, shuddha, because the next name, if you look, is uh, tara angini. Tara angini. Uh, uh, Tarangini, sorry, not Tarangini. There's a Tara in the last verse is the word Tara, so I've been my, I've been trying to get my tongue to to obey itself, to obey me. So Tarang, so so Tarang Tarangini Taranga. Let's look at the word Taranga first, right? Taranga is a quality, a guna that you'd attribute to like a river, right? And and so and it's like waves or bubbles. Or ripples, something like that, you know, uh, uh, something that moves to and fro, right? Maybe even I, I'm not sure if like tandava for that dance. I'm not sure if the word for dance even. I'm not sure, but um, uh, tarang, taranga is to is to not to flow, to vibrate, to ripple, to froth, to bubble, to bubble over. Um, 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 uh, 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 in another translation. An old Bengali book. It says a, a very colorful translation. She says, "The supreme spirit of life flow bubbling with cosmic potential energy." <laughs> but that's kind of the idea. I mean, it's it's a little flower, but that's really it's, it's like because what it's like bubbling with with the eternal spirit bubbling with potential life energy, from shuddha to vi- to ashut. I mean, from unmanifest, from beyond unmanifest, beyond even the idea of manifest to the, to become to become subtle before it becomes gross, is that first vibration bubbling, rippling, some, some, some stirring, however you want to think of it, or coagulating, or however, you know, 
these are all just mental images, how the one can be, because the, prob the problem is, and this is a existential philosophical problem, maybe not for you guys, but for a lot of people who stay up late, for like, how can there be anything? <laughs> you know, like, like, not only is it, how is there everything, how can there be even anything? Because like, what could there, before there was anything or everything, what was there? There was nothing, by definition, right? You know? You know, so it's like from nothing to everything or anything, one, from nothing to something to anything to everything, right? That, that there, uh, uh, every philosophical system has to come up with theological system, mythological system has to come up with some version, some way to describe, you know, so like in the beginning there was nothing and then there was something, you know, like God spoke and there was, out of nothing came something, you know, with all kinds of different answers, you know. Uh, um, so this is, I believe, this is, this is, this is a, a tantric and shakta-oriented way of understanding how the nothing, who is actually one thing, became everything, many things, but they're actually one thing, right? You know, the the the, the one thing at one time was nothing because there was no things, and now it's everything, but there's only one thing. So this is my Advaita shakta Advaita theory, All right? Tarangini. So tarang taranga, hmm. Tarangini, right? And it has a nice sound to it, right? That this is a, a, a so another good word is tide. I like that there's a flow, an ebb, and, what the tide, an ebb and flow, right? So that the, that the one is expanding. So this is another idea, but if you take taranga, it just to be a, a bubbling or a, flow, a vibration or a pulse or something like that. Here, to the idea of ebb and flow, that means it expands and contracts, right? From that ocean, the previous name is, is Nadi Sindhu, right? This ocean, cosmic ocean, that's experienced as the, the void or the all, right? This cosmic, from that one, it seems to, 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 to flow out and then flow back in, to flow out and flow back in. So this is how there's one thing, how, how the nothing becomes one thing becomes everything, how the everything becomes one thing becomes nothing. You know, this is how the, the whole flow. And the reason, this is long-winded um, uh, description, but um, that is, the, this is the background Theological uh, uh, view or, or, or background for the for the chakra understanding, which these verses, these names seem to be implying. So we have to talk a little bit about it, because the one comes out, Shiva becomes Kali and manifests, or from the from the Shuddha Sattva, the pure unmanifested being seems to become manifest, and then steps seemingly, maybe not actually steps down from infinite to seemingly finite. To more finite, more distinct, to more finite, to more distinct, until we have very finite, right? Which is our our experience of of of, of things and people and states and worlds and thoughts, right? Of course, we know we're learning that even the things we think are very finite may not be finite things at all, right? And uh, new philosophical systems are challenging that, and of course, new uh, scientific theories are and, and and physics theories are challenging this also. Right, that what we think is finite really isn't finite at all. But experience, that's I think is very important, that whatever it, it actually is, experientially we go from infinite consciousness or, or non-dual non awareness or, or universal awareness, sarvamayi or sunya, sunya vasani, uh, to, nivasani, uh, to, conscious, to seemingly limiting our consciousness, limiting our consciousness, limiting our consciousness until we are conscious of we're conscious of limiting, of limited as limited beings, experiencing a limited world full, a limited world full of other limited things, objects, and beings. Right, and so 
that is understood, mapped, whether it literally is this or not, I don't know. It's mapped by yogis as seen as the different chakras stepping down through the through the tattvas, through through the you know maha tattva and ahamkara like the manas to to finally to to, to the act the elements of um of um akasha space, uh, uh, then what are we uh, uh, space air fire uh, water. Yeah, yeah. I, I usually go. There. My mind, I usually go the other way. I, I'm trying to go the other way right now, so I don't even like to say it that way, <laughs> just in case it gets me a little more trapped, you know? Right. So I go. Yeah. So, so and so that's how we usually think of the chakras as uh, they've been identified. Originally, they probably weren't seen this way, but they've been identified with the elements and the stepping down of consciousness of energy and awareness like this, right? And so then, now where are we now? We have that infinite consciousness seemingly trapped in physical consciousness earth element, right, or in the map of the Kundalini system, in the chakra system, as muladhara, right, uh, the, in the root, right, so we're trapped in matter, trapped in body consciousness or physical awareness, external physical and objectified awareness, right, so then the reverse thing is to, is to go from body, so the most uh, concrete and condensed uh, type of awareness to a, a more liberated awareness, freer awareness, so from earth you know, you know, you think of it like go back. Let's do the list back down. Infinite consciousness. So let's, if you give it a form that's not really a form, it can space. This is akasha, right? Uh, it's not really something, but you can describe it. Although it's not really, you can't really describe it. It's describing it. If you take space and then try to just try to make it more physical, more distinct, well, like air, you feel it's like space that you can feel. Of course, these are not scientific. Uh, descriptions, right? These are experiential descriptions and, and, and symbolic descriptions, right? And you take air and you condense it more, it heats up, becomes fire, right? Fire, this is the way it's conceptualized, if you condense it, and it, uh, it, cre- it has a, um, you cool it down, and therefore it, 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 it has a, um, it condenses and becomes, uh, it, uh, I'm lost the word, but it, there's a, there, it becomes water. I forget there's a word I'm missing right now for the, no, I haven't thought of it in a long time. Water, you take water and you slow it down, it becomes ice. So it's like, it's like tighter, 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 more, seemingly more and more and more trapped, right? Now, so, the, and so the way back up is through, then to water, which, which is more moving, to, uh, uh, to fire, which is more dynamic, to, you know, to air, which is, you know, and, and to finally to the higher and higher, higher states at a, at a thousand. <clears throat> so we, we can, we can trace just like the unit, Ma herself as Tarangini, right? As Shuddha Tarangini is from the from infinite pure ocean of consciousness or of awareness comes, you know, waves come out as creation and the waves come back in, right? And so experientially, personally, as an individual, an individual, we also get trapped and we go back back up right you know or basically we can we we say we because this is our experience right she gets trapped and comes back up right because she's the one playing all these parts it's her that's that's all the stages right but at a certain stage she sees she is she's us you know we become she becomes all these different parts shudha tarangini then midha midha So we know this name, right? In uh, 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 we've, I think, we haven't. 
we know this is there's a sage by that name in the Chandi, right? The sage that that um, Samadhi and Sudatta go and they're in struggle. They go to this to this to this ashram of the sage Meda in the jungle, and Meda means uh, um, like a subtle spiritual intelligence, right? It, uh, uh, and so one of Saraswati's name is Meda. There's a famous uh, verse in the Chandi. No. In the Veda, the Vedic stotram called Meda, the Meda stotram, which is considered for Saraswati. We use it in worshiping of Saraswati. Uh, um, very sublime. And Meda is actually when you when whenever you talk when anybody, anybody talks about Meda, there's certain things you have to say. This is one of the things you have to say, right? When you chant when you chant the Gayatri Mantra, right? Uh, right? May you may that light of light externalize the sun, internalize the self. May that, that shine with divinity. May it may it illuminate my mind, right? Uh, may illuminate my intellect. That illuminate my intellect is always connected to what you're praying for is meda, medas or meda, right? It's for this uh, subtle illumined intellect, and that subtle illumined intellect can uh, can understand spiritual topics, because it's hard. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it's getting harder as I get older. It's harder even to understand basic. How do how remote control works? I've lost I've lost my my uh, operational knowledge of simple things like this, you know. But what to speak? So even grow things are harder to think about. But subtle things, if we lose, you know, we need we need a certain type of intelligence um, to understand uh, a focused intelligence, a purified intelligence, and disciplined intelligence that we can understand spiritual topics. Right, and that's why these two these two uh, characters in the Chandi. Uh, Surata and Samadhi, both representing their own. Of course, they're also very symbolic names, of Dharma and, and Samadhi, spiritual. But but they lose their condition. They they lose their sense of self. They lose their kingdom. They lose their family. Everything goes against them. And then not knowing what to do, they go into the forest. Like we all, you know, we, we may go into on retreat and we get a little off balance. We go into retreat or we go to the temple or we go to or minimum we go into our room for meditation. We close our at least close our eyes or something. You need to go and you need to invest, you need to ask a sage. And Medas, of course, there are some great sages. You can hopefully go ask such a great sage. We're lucky we have some, some such sages that we've been able to meet. But in the story, Medas, by his name, just means intelligence. So they ask, in a certain sense, they go within and find out the answer. Why is it, when they ask, why is it that I'm attached to those things that cause me suffering? Right? If we ask ourselves, why is like, oh, the, the very things that cause me suffering, or the very people that cause that take away my freedom, why I attach to them? You don't have to ask your friend. You can ask yourself and come up with a good answer to that. <laughs> All of us know why. You know, it's like it's the problem. It's way easier to ask somebody else because it's embarrassing to ask yourself because the answer is so obvious. And the answer, uh, um, uh, Meda gives is pretty obvious. But he gives, but it's not just an embarrassment, embarrassing answer, right? It's it's how to get out of it. So the, this we can ask our our subtle intelligence, and we we pray for subtle intelligence, right? So other way to think it made us is is like we maybe, of course we uh, we've um, uh, argued which because in English these words have in English we have certain words like wisdom compared to knowledge or something you know not uh, made us is knowledge made us is wisdom and so you know wisdom people like oh wisdom means this and knowledge is higher and knowledge is this and wisdom is higher you know it depends on how we use it. these words aren't exactly defined in our land the way we usually speak but in my mind we consider like wisdom you know or, or realize intimate knowledge realized knowledge it also has like prudence talent uh, 
um, uh, um, intelligence, mental vigor, and like an, a, a, vigor, a vigorous mind. So this is, so if she's made us, that means she's that divine higher intelligence that we all have or that we're all praying for. That's okay. But let's connect it to Shuddha and Tarangini, right, made us. So it's like, this is, these are sta- this is how the one flows out, right? It's one of the ways she flows is through, also made us, another name for me, the deity so is made us, I mentioned, is Saraswati. Right, and Saraswati in this language, in this kind of shaktaized, yogic, tantric, kundalini type language, Saraswati is the goddess of vibration. She's Vageshwari, right? So within that one Shuddha experience, one uh, ground of existence or being or whatever, that vibration, right, the lord of vibration is Vageshwara, who in popular Hindus becomes Brahma. And his Shakti in Tantra is Vageshwari, who in popular Hinduism becomes Saraswati, or Medas, right? So this is the part of the vibration is when we try to attain Medas or pray for Medas or in, uh, uh, like that, we're actually trying to get closer to the uh, pure, the, the pure, the closer to that Shuddha state, right? It's it's higher up on on, on the evolutionary stream. So where are we? Tarangini, Meda, and then Lakini. So Lakini, so now we have to take a little bit of a detour to another category of, of goddess. And two, two verses later, the other, other goddesses will be mentioned. And Lakini is one of the goddesses that are that's in the different chakras. So now you already have, as I mentioned at the beginning of the discussion, this, this assumes a very developed um, tantric, Cosmology and, and, and psychology, right? It's already very well developed. Similar to, and actually, Lalita Sasarama has a whole section, um, uh, a whole bunch of names, probably 30 names or something, in the, uh, in the 900, uh, 485, something like that on. It goes into, it mentions, uh, um, there's usually a cluster of nine names each, if I remember properly, um, uh, uh, where it, it describes, oh, she who dwells I forget who dwells which one dwells in Muladhar, but she who dwells in Muladhar, she who has four faces, she who rides an alligator, she whose favorite food is jaggery uh cooked with saffron and rice, she who uh, con- uh um uh, um uh you know these type of things, you know, she has four you know she who's surrounded by certain shaktis. Right. And then the next name, she who is this and you know it's describing the different the deity and her qualities as understood and as she resides in each chakra. So actually, I just, in my very language, it says, as she resides in each chakra. So they're not, that just means that she's not different deities. Lakini and Dakini and Shakini, if I remember what the, I'm trying to, maybe they all sound some like that. So maybe have, at, at the end of the thing, I've included the verses to remind myself, but I have to scroll down to lose my place. Uh, at the end, we can maybe mention um, who, those, who those goddesses are. Um, so they, are they different goddesses? It could be different goddesses. We all have, in case you're wondering, where we have all these little goddesses living inside of us, right? <laughs> or the way the Lita Sasanama usually describes it, and the fact that Lita Sasanama is not the, the name of a thousand different goddesses, and, and some of them exist in the body. It's the name of one goddess in a thousand different, a thousand different forms and names. So Kalisasanama is the same way. So when dealing with Ma as Kula Kundalini, she exists in each, in each chakra differently. And so she exists in each chakra as a different goddesses, or like one thing you can say, oh, right now we have the different devis, right? 
Or you could think that, that when she's in each chakra, she behave, she's known as a different Devi. Like in the Muladhara, she has four heads, and the second, you know, and, you know, and, she, and she's known like this. That's another way. I think that's the way I usually tend to think of it. It's not that we have, we have to worship Lakini uh, De, uh, Shakti in the, in the, in the uh, navel. That's where she, in case you're wondering, that's where she, she lives. In this, we're dealing with the navel right now. Um, or you can think of it is that when Kundalini, when Prana and Kundalini, when Devi is experienced or experiences it at that level, she is known as that goddess with that consort, with that symbolism, with these arms, that many heads, and that symbolism like that. Right. So, so as the next names go on, as we continue, we'll mention the other ones as we get to we get to them. But since we're we're at Lakini, we should mention. Uh, uh, so she's, she resides, rules, or dwells in, Mula, in the um, Manipura Chakra, which is the navel chakra, right? And so I just just uh, give you a little bit some... some um, uh, she has her own um, uh, Dhyan Mantras describing her. So I just read, this is from different, this is, I'm, this is collected from um, Arthur Avalon, from Sir John Woodruff, Arthur Avalon's books. He goes a lot into this, so I collected it from this. Serpent power, Atharavalan. She is four-armed, has of a radiant body, is dark, shama, right, of complexion, clothed in yellow, remin remnants, decked with various ornaments, and exalt and exalted with drinking of ambrosia. Right, actually, that in, in most of her, there's, I, I think I may have written down or copied three Dhyan Mantras, but there's more, you, you look in the, in the different like Kali Swasanama Stotrams, you can look and they have their own, they, they're, they're quoting other Dhyan Mantras from different Tantras, right? All of them from roughly the same, but all of them have her drinking, um, uh, drinking Ambrosia, Amrita, right? This is a common theme, right? But because, especially because she's in the body, she's in the, in the Muladhar, in, in the chakras, right? It's said that that's always interpreted, especially with like that, as drinking, what is that Amrita? It's dripping from the Sahasrasara. Right, it's the, it's the amrita dripping from the thousand pills. There's always nectar dripping. So she's drinking, she's catching that and drinking it, which I think is very interesting, very very fascinating uh, description, right? Because wherever she is at each state, she's being nurtured by the higher, and we're called, you know, we, and you see there's something there's something to it. Like when we call up an aspiration and devotion, is also that also very act. The ability to call up is also a response from above. We're being called from above. We're being fed. We're being, you know, we're, we're getting, like we 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 like we have a we're very limited beings, but we have a an intuition or a desire, or a motivation for a, become more unlimited to 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 know the infinite, to to be one with the infinite, or to love or play with the infinite like that. Although we're that seems to be the exact opposite of what we are, right? But we feel it because we're getting something. It's we're. We're getting it from there. It's drip, that 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 experience, that ocean of infinite awareness, right? The Nadi Sindhu uh, 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 ocean of Shuddha Shuddha Sagara, the ocean of uh, uh, that experience at the top. Of, that is that is still it, it, it's radiating power. It's descending power. It's it's trickling power. You could say is what's who we are. And that's that's animating us, and that's what's calling us. So she's also. Um, uh, um, drinks this nectar. In one of her forehands, she holds the thunderbolt of thunderbolt. That's common for her. In her second hand, she holds the arrow that was shot from the bow of Kama. So we have all these interesting. That's an interesting. We have to stop a little bit. Uh, the, the, this Devi holds a bow, 
right? But it's not just an, an arrow. That arrow has been shot by Kamadev, right? Kamadev is Cupid in, 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 in a little bit cartoony Western. You can imagine Cupid, a little cherub, a little thing, you know, in our paintings, right? But Cupid in, 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 in Hinduism, he's not a little cherub. He's a, he's a very aggressive and very handsome young man, right? And he knows how to agitate the entire world, right? He even agitated Shiva, right? And his, you know, you can think one of er- Cupid's arrows, Kamadev's arrows, Madan Moan, Madan's arrows, uh, even Shiva gets agitated, right? Which actually is very interesting because that symbol, we've told that story more fairly recently, that is the very vibration of infinite consciousness, which Shiva was like, where's that coming from? You know, like that stir of Shakti, right? So it could be that, that it's a stir of Shakti, or, you know, that arrow gets shot to all of us, you know, like, but she catches that arrow. She's aiming, her comma is for her Lord at the top of the head. Right, she's aiming at that. She's caught Cupid's arrow, right? And so this is interesting. Kama, we mentioned kama means means uh, desire, means lust. It also means devotion. The mantra for Krishna is is clean, right? That and the same and and that and the, and the mantra for Cupid is the same mantra, right? So it's a, and so there's a there is a spectrum, right? A, 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 a there's two poles and everything in between of, of our desire, right? High, the, the highest aim, what we really want, is that divine experience, the union, uh, unitive experience, or the, the uh, uh, with with the divine, right? But most of our arrows are 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 shot outside. You know, we're being shot, or being shot by all kinds of lower things, and we get distracted, right? We're 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 getting we're we have we're full of desire, so we're trying to satisfy desire. But our real desire, you know, and Kundalini, the Devi, her real desire is always. At the top, so even even the arrows that Kamadev is shooting at her, perhaps this is the way we can think of it. She's pointing up towards towards her lord, right? So it's interesting. So where is where is Kamadev? So she's at the third chakra. Okay, we're not we're not talking about these in order because that's not the way the names come, right? So the first so usually we think of our sexual desire. At the second chakra, this is where the sexual organs are located, right? And so, the, and and usually that that second chakra is that realm of, of of sexual desire, right? So some have commented that it's being shot, the arrow is being shot from the second chakra, at her. Because that's where Kamadev, that's where Kama, as we usually conceptualize it, comes from, right? The Muladhara, there's no Kama is just is like is is um security, psychological being security and safety and. And like that, but the second one is wanting is your desire awakens for stuff and people and pleasure and and that, uh, the, the, that type of stir, right? So that so it's interesting the idea that the, it's shot up and she catches it, right? You know, and it's but also it's shot up, right? So even that desire is really aimed up. Anyway, the symbolism is deep. I think, right? She has uh, uh, with the fourth hand, Lakini. Oh, she also holds fire. Right, and that makes sense. The third chakra is the fire element, right? So she holds like a cup of fire or a flame of fire, right? And the fourth hand, she holds a, a mudra of varada um, um, mudra, giving blessings. No, no, abaya mudra, giving removing from fear, right? Another description on a red lotus in the precept of the lotus is shakti, shakti lakini. She is blue. Here she's blue. She has three faces and three eyes in, in each. Is forearmed and with her hand she holds a vajra shakti weapon and makes a sign of dispelling fear and granting boons. She has fierce projecting teeth and is fond of eating rice and dal cooked 
uh, cooked and mixed with meat and blood. This is from a tantric text, right? So now you know. So this, of course, we've mentioned this is a very, I mean, that means because this is actually, what is it that she's, if we were to give it, uh, we could also, I mean, maybe in, in ancient tantric rites, there, the, she wants meat and blood, let's give her meat and blood, right? That, but actually meat and blood is the body, is the lower, is physical, physicality. This is meat. We're the meat, right? So at, at this chakra, you're already above, you're above, at this chakra, you begin, this is at the, the, where you begin to transcend body consciousness, but you're still in body consciousness, right? You're still eating in the eating process. By the, by the, third, by the fourth chakra, you're no longer... Your diet has changed, right? In the Lita Sasanamana, she says she likes uh, sweet rice cooked with gur. So it's a different thing. <laughs> so that's a different type of thing, a different a sattvic type of puja, right? She likes uh, rice pudding cooked with uh, date sugar. <laughs> so it's different. That's, we, we offer her rice pudding with date sugar or our body consciousness, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Last sip. Ma. Another from a, a text called the Sat Chakra Nipura, uh, Nirupana, Lakini is described. Um, the benefactress of all. She has four arms, a radiant body, is dark, complexion similar to clothes in yellow, decked with various ornaments, exalt, drinking ambrosia, same, right? By meditating on, on this navel lotus, on the Nabhi Padma. So again, this, she's, she comes, she's worshipped in the navel, in the navel, in the Nabhi Padma. The power to destroy and create worlds is acquired. Right, so we have to imagine that Vani Saraswati, the goddess of speech, right, with all her all the wealth of knowledge ever abides in the lotus of the meditator's face. Because again, the previous name is Meda, right? So it's connected to Saraswati, this divine knowledge is connected. This is a perhaps a stage of awakening where we start begin to pray for higher things, right? So a few other things. That, I mean, if we if we ever get a chance in our in the seminary talks to talk about the subtle anatomy, this is. I have, a, I have full notes from many years ago of all the intricate things of each of the chakras. Very fascinating. So in, in, this, in the Manipura chakra, her, her, um, uh, her vehicle, anybody know what the vehicle is? Gali. Hmm? Gali. What means? In Hindi we say Gali. What? Vehicle, yeah, Gali. No, no, that's, <laughs> not the name vehicle, but whatever. She rides a ram. She rides a ram. Right, and her and her budge, her beach mantra is Ram, because that's the mantra for fire. Right, it's interesting. Ram and Ram, of course, I don't think they're related, but I think it's easy to it's easy for me to remember after all these. I haven't looked at, I haven't thought about this in literally eighteen years <laughs> since the last time I talked on this on this goddess, right, at UCI. Uh, but I remember all oh, easy to remember Ram and Ram, <laughs> Ram, right. It's a, uh, uh, and her consort is Rudra. Right, so uh, and Rudra here, her consort. Even though we meditate upon her consort, she's in union with her Shakti. I mean, she's in union with her consort, or he's in union with her Shakti. He's actually not in union with his Shakti. Brahma, uh, Rudra is here. She's longing for union. She's still going up. And this idea of, and the ram in this uh, the Vahana symbolism is the symbol of youth, right? And you can see this is the this is the chakra of of a, of a young person. 
right? We're, you know, we've, we've, our physical, we've already been embodied and our physical needs are taken care of. Then there's awakening of desires and sexuality. And then there's this thing where it's fire, right? So this is our aspiration. We want to make something. We want to be successful. We want to fit in. We want to succeed. We want to go, you know, we want to become an individual. We want, you know, those type of things. These are the things associated, if you're, if you're to assign psychological tendencies to, to Manipura Chakra, which is a fairly modern thing to do, but it, it can be done, um, um, has been done. Uh, uh, so that's that stage. So she is Shakti at that stage, or life at that stage, you know, describing her manifestation. In the Lita Sasana, I mentioned that her names, she's met, so it's, if you're interested in the Lita Sasana, which most people here have translations and commentaries on that, if you start at 495, and go to 503, these are the names of, of Lakini, her qualities. Just And I'll just mention them. There's Mani Purabja Nilaya, she who resides in the Manipura. That makes sense, right? Uh, Vandana Traya Samyukta, she who has three faces. The so three faces connected to Agni, right? Agni is, has, is a three-faced deity in traditional thing. It's also the third chakra, so it makes sense, right? Uh, um, uh, Vajradika Yudhopeta, she who holds the Varaja, the, wep- the Shakti lightning bolt, and other weapons. Um, uh, Damaryabhir Avritta, she who surrounded the Damari and her other attendant deities. The Muladhar, the Swadhisthana Chakra has how many petals? Uh, four, six, ten, right? So, ten. so she's surrounded by ten deities. Each petal has its own Shakti in the symbolism. And so it just mentions. One mentioned the main one and the other ones. Each one of these cluster names will mention like that. Rakta Varna, she who is red in color, the color of fire, Shakti awakening youth, right? Mamsa Nishta, she who presides over the flesh. And actually each of these in, in the chakra system, each of these deities presides over a different tattva. It's one over our skin, over our flesh, over our marrow, over our blood, over our soft tissue. And, 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 and or, you know, it's, it's one way of understanding it. We can't go into that. It's a different topic. Guda, uh, Gudana, Pritta, Manasa. And this is she who is fond of sweet rice made, made with gur. Right? So this is actually during Navarachi, many people, there's, there's different ways of making sweet rice, but one is making with, with like this. Nowadays we can find, at one time it was very hard to get gur. You know, Navarachi would, now I think mothers sell sells. I think without what they call date sugar or raw sugar, I forget what it is. But, but jaggery. Jaggery, they call it jaggery. Yeah, yeah jaggery. Right, so if you want to make a pudding, rice pudding with jaggery, this will feed this chakra, the deity of that chakra. Samasta Bhakti Sukara, she who gives happiness to her devotees. I like this name, right? And then Lakini Amba Swarupini, she who is in the form of Lakini Yogini. So this is very interesting, back to our interpretation that in the Kala Sasarama and, and all, each of the deities mentioned, if they're, even if they're distinct deities with their own Dhyan Mantras, functions, qualities, and, and, and origin stories, right? They're all, they're, they're Devi, they're Kali in that form. Here it says, she who's, who's in the form of Lakini. So we can say that we, to, to use the same principle, it is uh, Kali who's in the form of Lakini and the other deities. So how do you, how are we doing? Okay, we're doing good. So, one of my favorite names, Bahu, was that the name for it? Uh, Bahu Rupini. Bahu Rupini. She who has many forms. Now, you could say, like, like Lakini and Saraswati and Yamuna and, and Kashi, all the different we've mentioned so far, 337 
forms up to this point, right? Or gunas and qualities. So a simple answer, a simple uh, um, um, definition of this, and this is there's a name also in the Lita Nama verse name eight twenty four. The same name is there. It's a shared name, many shared names. It's Sasanama, Bahu Rupini. So if you want, you, if you have a commentary on it, you can see how other people have have um, uh, unfolded this name. But the simple, the simple, obvious meaning. We'll do an obvious meaning, and not so obvious meaning. I always like the not so obvious meaning. Uh, um, but the obvious meaning is that she has she's taken many forms, like Lakini, like Saraswati like uh, uh, Durga, like Narashinghi, like Farahi, all the different names we've mentioned, she has unlimited form. And so that's, that's a very important point, is that, that Hinduism, although we like to give it, a, and it, it has a strong monistic, uh, it's, it's, it's strongly monistic at its background, but it's also pantheistic, a polytheistic. There's many different forms of God. There's many different gods, different forms of God. But here, already we have, like, no, but they're one, they're one deity's forms. All of them are her forms. Right, so this is this is that. So I we usually describe this. Uh, we use a term as uh, um, uh, uh, monistic, pantheistic monism, right? Or polytheistic monism. Sorry, polytheistic monism, right? Because there are many. She's Bahurup. She has taken so many forms, right? And not only that. Not only the form of Kali and Durga and Saraswati and Lakini and Dakini and and Yakshi and Tara and Jaya and Vija, these are all her forms. She can be worshipped and seen. She literally, she has become all these forms, right? She's taken all these forms. She can be approached in these forms, worshipped in these forms. She can appear in these forms. She has these functions, right? That's that's an obvious meaning. That's one of the meanings of this of, of this text, right? But at the same time, they're her forms, right? There's only they're they're, they're always they're always her. All the forms are her form, so. Uh, in the background, Vedanta would describe it oh, as like it was the Ishta Devata conception, right? There's one like in we've given a talk on this a while back in the Kali Puja discussions on the um, Panchadevata Puja, right? That uh, the they were competing in the in not ancient in the before time before our time, right? There there are five five large. This is perhaps the way it's maybe it's overly simplified. Probably not as exactly how it was in the ancient days. But the way it's come down to us, there is five competing sect, sects in India. The Ganapatyas, the Sauryas, the Vaishnavas, the Shaktas, and the, and the Shaivites. Now the Ganapatyas and the Sauryas, the worship of the sun and Ganesha, those have been absorbed. Right? Everybody worships the sun through Gayatri and everybody worships Ganesha. So there's, they don't have a distinct cult anymore so much. Right? There's only some texts and some hymns that we know from. But practically speaking, those, those lineages are not so uh, popular. But now we have three major competing groups. You have the Shaivites, Vaishnavas, and Shaktas, right? You all know the Shaktas are supreme. Okay, we'll start there. You know. uh, <laughs> uh, um, but Shankaracharya, one of the things he did, he didn't make it up. He popularizes. It's there in text that predate Shankara of worshipping, seeing them, the five, as faces of Brahman. So the Panchayana Puja, where you worshipped the five, Vishnu, Surya, Ganesha, Shakti, and, and, and Shiva, you take, and usually in the form of Shalagam, a Shiva Lingam, a Bana Lingam, there's different symbols for each one of them, and you worship them together. And the one that you love most, you put in the center, because that's just your focus. Right? But all of them are seen as faces of the one, or different functionaries, how the one does different things. You know? uh, so that's a revo- that was a huge revolutionary idea, and I think that's part of the background of the extreme pluralism that we attribute to Hinduism. And Hinduism, the thing that Hinduism, I think, has 
the greatest gift to the world is this view of the one behind the many and truth is one, sages call it by various names, you know, that type of thing, I think. Is, and Swami Vivekananda believed that this was the major message of Sri Ramakrishna in, this, in the dark age of, of, of choral hypocrisy and, 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 and separation. Right? That, that's a major message, and I think it's one of the great things. But it comes, the, the idea that whoever you worship, you're actually worshiping the one. It may be the one doing a, a specific thing, or in a particular form, or a form that you like, or the form that came to, or the form that's worshipped in your family, or in your culture, or in your community, right? But it's still, you can worship the one, but you see it as a manifestation or connected to the one one. Not Your, your one is connected to the one, and everybody else's distinct one, or many, uh, 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 is connected to the one. So similarly, this name is a similar type of thing. Bahurupa, she's taken all these different forms, as mentioned. There's another thing, is she's taken not just forms of Kali, Durga, Saraswati, Krishna, Rama, Jesus, uh, uh, Buddha, like that. What of all these forms? Bahurupa means she's taken the form of you, and of this, and of that, and of this, right? And, and of him, and her, and them, right? And, that, and, and, and so, so her Bahurupa, she's taken, and that's also, that also makes, that's also one of the sub-ideas of, of the text. How the one, I told you how the one or the none has become everything, right? Therefore, the, how from the, from the Shuddha ocean of pure Sudha Sattva as we started with, through the, through the Tarangi, the waves of that come in, how she expresses, what does she express as? As everything, as all names, all forms, Bahurupa, right? Right, uh, Bhaskara Charya, who is a very famous commentator on the Lita Sasanama and the Srivijja tradition, um, says, he, he quotes on talking about this Bahurupini uh, in his commentary, the universe is seen to be, met, to be manifold, manifold. The universe we see appears to be many, uh, variegated. We've seen, we see differences. And she is, and, and she is everywhere. Sarva, Sarva Mai in the previous name, right? Thus, because of the multiplicity of her forms, meaning everything we see, Shiva, the Divine Mother, is known as Bahurupa, right? She's known as this because not just she's become the different goddesses or different gods or different avatars and saints, she's become, she's the one that's become everything. So that, that Bahurupa is a beautiful, and that's the thing, is like, you know, which form, is God was form without form. God, Sri Ramakrishna said, if we were to give a Siddhanta of Sri Ramakrishna, that uh, satisfying the, all the different perspectives, God, the infinite reality is infinite, right? That's the nature of the infinite reality. The infinite has, it has infinite, so and therefore has, has its form, it's with form and formless. Which form? It has infinite forms, both as the infinite forms or as various ishtas and gods and goddesses and conceptions, right? It is um, personal and impersonal. It is um, um, uh, uh, um, uh, transcendent and imminent, right? And and he, then he he he'd always add and many other things besides because these are these are just our conceptions. He's way it is she is she would say she she is way more than that and has infinite ways of approach. So Bahurupa, right? And then I have a few more names. I, I want to finish this page. Stula, and then actually the, the two names can go together: Stula and Shukshma. Right, so they're, 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 so stula means gross and shukshma means subtle. That's a simple definition, right? So you could say, oh, she's both. The, so you could say, if we say, let's connect it to, we have to connect it to bahurupa. 
And so we, we take Bahurupa in the first way of understanding as the different gods and goddesses. She's taken on all these different forms as listed in this text, uh, as, as a, 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 a inferred by in, in this text. So some of those forms are very gross, and some of those forms are very subtle. We can also say some of those forms are very benign, some of those forms are very fierce, Ugra and Shanta, like this, right? And, uh, and you can see some religious conceptions, you know, you think, we think there's some, I mean, it's, it's, some conceptions of, of, of God requires like a lifetime of philosophical refinement, even to think the words to get those concepts, you know, they're very subtle ideas, right? And some are pretty tribal, right? And, 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 and earthy, some ideas we have about God and uh, attached to community and, 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 and to fear and, and real simple one-on-one um, -on -one identifications with things, you know. Um, um, so it could be something that simple, that some, or it could be really, uh, 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 um, uh, uh, in the Hanuman Lisa it says, Hanuman takes really big forms and very subtle forms. Shukshmarupa, right, or a little tiny form. So it's also, it could be that variety. But we have to, but by the second interpretation, she's taken all these forms. That means she's, this could be everything we see that's, gr all the growth things we see are her, means, gross here means subtle, uh, uh, um, obvious, um, 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 easy to grasp, right? Uh, 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 solid, uh, uh, thick, right? Uh, uh, um, was clear, clearly conceptualized, another way of thinking, right? Is a growth. And then subtle is not just like microscopic and tiny. Subtle means very, refi very refined. In the Brahmas, we in our previous talks also we mentioned a lot of her name. One of her names is that uh, Achinta and Chinta. She's both conceivable and inconceivable, right? And so Chinta, uh, and so sometimes we say, oh, she's you can't, she's we can't speak about God. You can't speak about realization. It's it's ineffable, 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 right? Unspeakable, inconceivable, inconceivable. But but the Upanishads don't say that actually, right? That's the Sri Ramakrishna and saints like Sri Ramakrishna use that. Mystics of all traditions say that, and then they go, they say, "Oh, we can't speak about God." And then they spend the whole life speaking about God, right? <laughs> Trying to shine like that. It's not that. But Shankaracharya right? and and on on Upanishadic verses that state that God is Brahman. Use the proper philosophical. The Brahman is very subtle, and cannot be grasped by the gross mind. But it can be grasped by the subtle mind. That's though there, that, therefore the training in meditation, in reasoning, in careful analysis, in the purifying, the purifying the chitta, all the different things in yoga and Vedanta and other things. Apparently, different traditions will will define the process different, but making the mind subtler and subtler and subtler, that the subtlest of the subtle can be grasped. Right? Usually we use the language; she can't. It's beyond language, but or the beyond grasping. But she is the most subtle. But think we can when we see the gross world. The external world, right? We're also grasping her. We're grasping Brahman. This is only Brahman. This is only her, right? We don't always see it, but we can. We can train ourselves to see her in this, or like that, and we can train ourselves to see her in the most subtle, right? So in so let's. There's a thing also. Uh, it inspired me when I was just organizing when I was typing out the the, the verse, right? About the, the stula and shukshma. Um, in, in 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 Vedantic training, right? If we, because a lot of us have a background of kind of Vedantic uh, orientation, background. There is, uh, although we have a background, we have no training actually in Vedanta. We have a background in Vedanta. But if if we were to be trained in Vedanta, <laughs> and I don't suggest that it's really hard, <laughs> but if you're to be trained in Vedanta, I'm joking. 
joking. <laughs> uh, I don't know who's watching. I might get in trouble for these. <laughs> we love Vedanta, really. Uh, um, uh, we're, we're trained, like, for instance, okay, we're, we're trained to notice the difference. I'm forgetting there's terms for all these. Between the difference between the subject and the object. Right? That's a common thing, right? So we would say, oh, so Brahman is, is the subject, and Maya, or the external world, is, is, is the object. And so we see the, to, make, to see the distinction between the object and the subject. And we see I'm the, I'm the thinker, not the thought. Right? I, I'm, I'm the observer, not the observed. I'm the experiencer, not the experience. The subject-object relation is very important. And there's a discipline that's kind of the nati, neti-neti idea, right? And, we, this, and then, hopefully we re, then we rest, hopefully, in the subject. We have subjective consciousness, which is one of the definitions of Brahman, right? This pure subjective uh, awareness. Another thing we're taught is to see the difference between the temporary and the fine, temporary and the uh, changing, right? So we see what is it, what is it, everything we see is changing and the truth has to be unchanging. So then we'll look at our mind, the mind's also changing, the truth is unchanging. We look at the ego, the ego's changing. We can keep like that and, and find that distinction until we find, until we hopefully rest by the process of negation in the unchanging. We're searching for the unchanging. Another is between the finite and the infinite. Anything we perceive is by nature finite. That, that's not Brahman, therefore we should be let go. Right? We can make this distinction, right? Another is between the gross and the subtle. Right? Anything, so anything we see between we so Brahman is the subtle and Maya is what's experienced the gross, we make that distinction and like that. Now that is uh, uh, a discipline, not the truth. Right? It's a mental Sri Ramakrishna described as using you use a uh, if you have um, um, a, uh, a splinter in your hand, you take another splinter and you and you take out that splinter. And then you throw both away, right? The, the, the goal is not that splinter you're using is not somehow another eternally true. It's a temporary thing to get rid of another splinter. So you have some idea, some distinction of this duality and, this, and, 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 and discrimination. This is the vichara of discrimination we always hear about, uh, discernment, discrimination as a Vedantic and yogic discipline. It, we use a type of thinking to overcome wrong thinking, right? To, and so, but... In the Shakta Advaita tradition, right, that, that this text and this temple comes, and Sri Ramakrishna, I believe, comes out of, the non-dualism of the Shakta tradition is a little different. And um, so it, that discipline is still there, that these disciplines between the, the, the subtle and the gross, the temporary and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the changing, the infinite and the finite, the observer and the observed, thinker and the thought, all the type of things, these are all important as techniques, right? But the truth is not the observer and not the observed, right? It's like the observer, so the observer is real and the observer, of course, some would say the observed, the observed is not real. It's, simply, it's, it's complete Maya in, in the classical Advaitic sense is non, literally non-existent. That we wouldn't hold, right? Bahurupa, she's become all these forms, gross and subtle, right? So she's, she's the thinker and the thought and the process of thinking. She's the gross and the subtle and everything in between these two gro- these stages. She's the eternal and the temporary. Right, the the transcendent and the imminent. She's the um, uh, uh, the um, infinite and the finite. And actually, there's a principle we've been as the uh, last few days. A friend of mine is giving a course in subtle um, um, uh, esoteric symbolism, and he part of the reading for the for his discussion was uh, a her- hermetical text on uh, the law of polarity. You know, this ancient principle. And Swamiji uses this language a lot. Swami Vivekananda use this language a lot, that when he says, oh, we don't go from, from, from untruth to truth, we go from lower truth to higher truth, 
as we make that statement that he's using this principle that when you have two poles, their poles, the poles are not different things. They're two extremes of the same thing, right? And so they're one thing, right? It just the, the, maybe a pitch or vibration or temperature of that thing, like between heat and cold. Heat and cold are not two different things, right? They're you know it's like you know zero degrees and hundred degrees are very different. So you can tell what you say one cold, one's hot. Uh, zero degrees and one degrees, you can say one's cold and one's hot. You can say 99 degrees and 100 degrees, one's cold and one's hot. I mean, it's always the, all our, our sensitive duality and distinction are going to be in that continuum. They have to be, they're on the same thing. So same thing between thinker and thought, subtle and gross, su- uh, 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 object and subject. These are two things of the same thing. One is, she's become stula and shukshma. That's to, to, to use in these lines. Because actually this, these are two names, but they could be one name, Stula Shukshma. Maybe, you know, we, how do we, I mentioned before, Litsa has a tradition of how the names are split. Kali Hasanama doesn't. And so we can split them. Who knows what the original name by name version was, right? Stula Shukshma could be one name. She who is both subtle and gross. Or she who is subtle, she who is gross. We'll be taking those two names, right? Right, she is. Uh, and and so, so what does that mean? When you say that she's the object and the subject, the thinker and the thought, then, she, then she, that means she's a substratum that's both, that contains, or that it is, she's, you know, between wave and ocean, there's water, right? She's water, not, she's wave and she's ocean, and she's water, the thing that, that both wave and ocean are, something like that, right? Shukshma Tara, she who, now this is like, so, Shukshma, Stula, Shukshma, Shukshma Tara, this, this progression I think is important. Shukshma Tara, she, she, uh, Tara again, using the previous language of Tarun, uh, Tarun what is it? Um, uh, um, sorry, I have to. Lakini. Tarangini, something similar. Oops. Tarangini. Tara, same type of root. Uh, and that means that she's the wave of the subtle. Right? So this is interesting. This could be interpreted as that she's the. The gross and the subtle, you know, she's the subtlest, she's the subtle wave that creates the subtle grosser, 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 grosser into the, into, into Bahurupa, into all names and all forms into this world, right? Um, I keep losing my, sorry, I'm using a new program here that I'm not expert at. And I will end with this name. I was hoping to move further, but I think I'm going to lose it. She was the subtle wave. Other, another, some have interpreted this um, Mataji here. Let me see how she... The divine spirit manifests itself as the subtlest element beyond human mental approach. Shukshmatara. And she's beyond, she's a, like, she's subtle and, and she's beyond subtle. She's from where the subtle comes. So that's what would be that we would consider like the substratum, right? Like beyond, you know, uh, uh, um, um, uh, also... It's yeah. This and also back to that original tarangini, tarangini, tarangi is this waves coming back and forth. She becomes is how she becomes every uh, experience, every manifestation from the most subtle. She's a subtler. She's a substratum of subtle and gross of every form um, uh, experience this way. The next names, which I was hoping to do, but I'm definitely not going to. I have four minutes, and I can give a whole class on the next name on Bhagavati. That's too important. Right, Bhagavad, I have this is one I actually have several pages of notes, which I really rarely have. Right, I usually just 
talk off mostly off the top of my head. But um, uh, uh, so she's. We know Bhagavan means. Maybe you know what Bhagavan means. I bet you don't. We'll talk about what Bhagavan actually means. What you think it means? What actually Bhagavan? But then her name. I like this name for the goddess Bhagavati. Right, Bhagavati. And a certain so we can. I won't go. Once I start, I'm going to be going to be four minutes into it. Right, and then the final name. I'll just just to tempt you, uh, Anuragini. And this is very beautiful. In this verse, Anurag, Anurag means um, uh, the passionate devotion, right? She, she who is or dances or moves in this uh, Anurag. Sri Ramakrishna liked this word also. He described that Anurag Bhag, the tiger of passion, of ever new passion for God. That's what's required. So we'll go into that next week, God willing. Um, Anyways, we did, I think we covered a bunch of names. We're moving quickly through these names now. In the previous things we got, we were some of the names lended to big themes, and we spent a lot of time on the themes. Now I think we're moving at a sprightly pace. Are there any questions or comments? Ma. Oh, good. That's way better. Ma, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your kind attention, and and unprecedented. I'm three minutes early. According to my countdown clock, I'm one minute and seven seconds early. Could I set myself up <laughs> a little bit? Yeah, I'm